Welcome to Emergence Care Conversations. For more information about Emergence Care, please visit our Facebook page or go to emergencecare.com. This is part two of Armoring a Conversation with Stephen T. Garden. <laughs> You'd understand. You'd be in fight or flight too, but they never stopped to go, now wait a minute, why don't I get a different job? And realize that there's something in the character that is seeking this dynamic, that is looking for this dynamic. Instead of saying, it's my circumstances, what we recognize in emergence care is there is something within the dynamic of the personality. You could say the ego. You could say, as the term that Wright came up with, the armored character, that there is something within that construct that we're all identified as that is seeking this out. Wait a minute, Stephen. Are you trying to tell me that I am more comfortable armored up and that's what I'm seeking? I'm, I'm telling you that for many people, that is the case. Yes, I'm telling you clearly. And going back to Freud, Freud recognized that as well. He began writing about this in the 1880s. In the, the earliest reference that I could find is from 1883, in which he described the process that he calls, and we've mentioned this in other talks, unconscious resistance, that my psyche resists what would help, what would set me free, and I'm unaware that I'm doing this. Or if I'm aware that I'm doing it, I'm not aware of why. But but that's resistance. But am I truly seeking that thing that is making me ill? Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. In, in, in fact, we are. Now, this is where people can just go, okay, you're going too far, and it's not true. I want to get better. And you know what? I... I'm going to be very specific and careful with this because, you know, things just show up. You know, this this world is full of tragedy. It's also full of the overcoming of tragedy. But at the end, everything that lives dies. It's not right and it's not wrong. What Freud was knocking on the door of toward the end of his career was that not only do we resist, we seek we seek punishment. He wasn't able to jump this very large gap and say, why? (laughs) Why do we seek punishment? What is it that would cause me to seek punishment? This is insanity. What would, what biological drive, what psychological drive would, would have me seek out some form of punishment? Yet, that's where Freud was heading. And so, yes, but Jeff, The point is, it's on a deeply unconscious level. It doesn't, there is no correlation between a a psychopathology or a physical pathology that someone develops and their degree of spiritual growth or their, if you will, their, their soul's evolution. It's just that these things happen to biological life. But at the root of all of it, yes, there is some, some drive to bring it on. Again, Freud was really heading in this direction, and it wasn't until a book was published in the 
in the mid-70s, pardon me, called A Course in Miracles, that there was a document on this earth in modern times or even in ancient times, ancient, you know, but based on our modern perspective, um, that describes this in such blow-by-blow, almost almost painful detail in saying that, yes, we do seek out punishment. And I'm bringing this up because we're talking about armoring. And if we just say, "Mm, you know what, the body becomes tight because the brain is tight and your brain is tight, the brain's in control of the body, the brain and body are tight, we do this work, the body and the brain are are better, it's all Shangri-La and away we go. We're missing the big point of this. And also, Jeff, I'll tell you, it's just not that simplistic. That's reducing it and making it too simple. But it's, you know, that is not really the idea that I seek out something that is painful to me. You know, in our modern times, we look at the relationships that we have. We end up in the same types of relationships over and over and over. And often they're not good for us. And that's, you know, that's that's not a far out concept in today's world. So why not seek out that that I might be seeking out something else other than a relationship uh, that might not be good for me? So, okay, A Course in Miracles, Stephen. Okay, so some years ago, as a practitioner, I was fully, wholly dissatisfied with with my my life, my my if you will, my role as a facilitator of a healing art, really unsure as to, okay, what am I doing? What's really happening? What is healing? And I'm kind of wired to ask these questions. I wanted to, uh, you I, I you know that I that I wound up in chiropractic college, really kind of surprised me because I in my mind I was going to the University of Kansas to get a doctorate in philosophy. So I've always been wired for these these types of conversations. It just was something that, that worked well for me. And I was asking myself... So you were going towards the mind, but you ended up with the body, Stephen? I'm, I'm fully in the mind with emergence care. Though. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I, it was really that it was, it was an, a really synchronistic time of my life in which I began to read a course in miracles many people had said you know you might like course you know you might want to you might want to check out this book a course in miracles and frankly there was a lot of stuff about it that that turned me off and so i you know i just wouldn't let myself get into it Um, but at the time in my life when i was really saying what am i doing and i'll even say I was looking for ways out of providing healing work. I was learning home construction and, you know, actually getting to be somewhat skilled in it. I was dabbling in real estate and and, and really was looking for a way out. I was that disenchanted with the healing arts because I didn't understand and I couldn't make sense of what is the role of the practitioner. So going into A Course in Miracles, this book clearly describes what is the role of healing, what is healing, and how would one facilitate healing. And it's a radically different approach than anything I've come across anywhere else. And believe me, I've, I've read, I've searched, I've looked. Course is not better. It is very unique. And one of the unique things about Course is it states all healing is of the mind. And the mind projects the 
body largely as a hiding place because the mind is very, very afraid. And what Course describes is it's somewhat shocking until we let it in. And it takes, you know, several in-depth chapters for the ideas that I'm about to go into to really even be developed to where we can sufficiently say, oh, I get how this might be possible. And what Course is saying, the mind is afraid that it's going to be punished by God. Again, Freud was knocking on this door and saying, hmm, methinks something doesn't add up here. And Course just came out and said it and said, yeah, you're afraid you're going to be punished. And it's saying, look, this is very deep in your unconscious. But if you look, you'll see that everything in your world dies. Everything seems to suffer. We think that this was ontologically caused by God. And Course is saying, no, it's not. It's caused by the ego. The ego literally made the universe, time, space, the body, different bodies, consciousness, everything with which you could ever become acquainted with. It made it as a defense against God. The universe is character armoring. Your body is character armoring. Your body, your mind, your mind is literally, as it says in A Course in Miracles, the ego is a fearful thought. It was as if it's metaphorical. There's no way to really describe this. And again, when I have this conversation with people of A Course in Miracles is, I commonly get this, I, no, I don't go there. No, I don't believe that. And I'm saying, I, I get it. Just stay with me because this is pivotal stuff here that could really transform the way you see the world. It took me a while, and I get it. It took me a while. I read it, and I was like, if I were to believe this, everything in my whole life would shift. I don't know that I believe this, and I don't know that I want to believe this. This is really, this is really going somewhere. But we're having a conversation about armoring, and this is literally what armoring is. How is it that we could all be identified as a separate thing that fundamentally does not know what it is, that doesn't understand where it came from, what happens when it dies, and it has to make up stories about these things, and it doesn't know what God is? And what the what this book, A Course in Miracles, is saying is the reason you don't know is because you've run from it, you've fled from it, and you're afraid of it. It's the one thing in this world that that you really truly are, and you've dissociated from your awareness everything that would let you know that, and that's why you're afraid. Your character armoring stems from the fact that you have dissociated from your awareness what you really truly are, which is God. And that's what armoring, Jeff, that's what armoring is, is the dissociation from our mind's awareness, that which we truly are, in the attempt to be something that we could never be. So what I hear you saying is if I'm piddling around trying to heal the body and I'm piddling around and pretending I'm healing the mind, that there's something on a more fundamental level that should be healed, that should be doing the healing? Okay. And 
healing the body is an important, I would say, essential service in this world. And for those who may be watching who are healers who do a, a different type of work, I, I want to be very clear that if you do a type of work that helps a person's body, this is very important. It's important. It's needed in this world because if a person's body is is all cattywampus and you know other their bodily functions are off, and you have the ability to help with that, this again, it's it's essential. If you are a healer who does a type of work that works with the mind, it helps a person's mind relax, to sort reality, to sort out the sorting mechanism. This is really helpful, and these are essential, essential, useful tools in our world. With emergence care, I find that, and as do other, you know, emergence care practitioners, find that their clientele often receive a lot of benefit at the mind level and the body level. The body and the mind just work a lot more effectively. I'm fond of saying, because I really believe it, emergence care is not better, it's not worse. It is, however, very different. Emergence care came forth from these principles that I was reading in A Course in Miracles. The main shift that I noticed was as I read Course, well, first I freaked out and said, <laughs> there's no way I could do anything with this. It's so out there. Again, I'm the guy who wanted to get a degree in philosophy and for many years of my life considered myself to be an atheist and subscribed to the skeptical inquirer. That I'm talking about this stuff to me, Jeff, believe me, there was nobody who was a bigger skeptic about this kind of thing than, than I was. And yet here I am very much wholeheartedly teaching people how to stand in this place in which God just flows through you. Again, what I was getting at with A Course in Miracles is it taught me what my function is in the healing dynamic with a client. It taught me what my, what my role is, which is to allow something to come through that any effort on my part will only thwart that because I have dissociated from my awareness what God is, in and of the personality that I am identified as, I'm entirely incapable of allowing God to come through. But because I have also dissociated this from my awareness, if it's dissociated, that means it once must have been known. You have to know it before you can dissociate it. And as a result, it's there in my mind and I can let it come into my mind in such a powerful way, if only for an instant, which Course says is all that's required, by the way, and in that instant, the mind begins to heal. All healing is of the mind. And what the role is, as described in Course, is you heal your mind. You do not heal another person. You don't know what healing is, and you'll do it to get something from it. You'll do it to make yourself feel good about yourself, to impress others, to impress God is a, is a big part of it. Mm. And, and what it's, the role is I simply let what I truly am enter my mind. And Jeff, that's enough. It's enough. Anything else 
is to try and add something to it that will only limit it. And I find that when the practitioner enters into this place, literally, in, for that instance, they're, they're suspending their own character armoring, which allows, potentially, the client to do the same. And it's the practitioner endeavoring to heal their mind, which allows the client to potentially do the same. Okay, so the practitioner is getting out of the way and letting healing flow through. They're healing their mind, and hopefully there is a jumping of the gap. I think you've used that term in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. And the person that's on the table and receiving, uh, they uh, are receiving. Mm-hmm. How does that translate into a lessening of physical armoring, for example? How do we know that that's really going on? You know, when, when I first began to read Course, again, it answered every question I'd ever had. And I, and I thought, if I had the faith and the courage, if I could not doubt what I'm reading here, it would require me to let go of everything I've ever believed. And as I began to stand at the table, born of sheer frustration, and say, what if I believed this craziness? What if I just did this? And what I found is by standing there silently, attempting to do nothing whatsoever, except to, if you will, let, you know, making a metaphor, let God jump the gap from my mind into another person's mind, I found that their bodies changed. I found that their breath changed. I found that kundalini developed. I found that areas in which, you know, being trained as a chiropractor, having a lot of awareness of the spine, how the cervical spine, the neck, which would become straightened or even reversed, the, the cervical curve would form. The same would happen in the lumbar curve. The person would say, I don't know what you're doing, but it it's it's changing my life i'm more relaxed i'm more peaceful can i do can i learn to do what you do my god this is what i've always wanted to do and it was very provocative and going back to freud which i seem to do a lot <laughs> with his thing of indifference which was a way of saying well i really de i really do need to see is this efficacious or not i was largely doing the same thing and saying hmm that's you know that's that's really bloody interesting Huh, because there was a part of me that was really excited about it, but also going, you know, I could be, I could be batty here, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, but it was, be, I just couldn't escape it. People's bodies changed, their minds changed, their psyches changed, and I began to say, well, what else is there possibly to do? This is essentially wiring a person to be able to open up to the thing that they're fearing, which is the purported purpose of course, in so many words, a lot of words in that book, <laughs> which is to stop fearing God and let, let that in. And it's saying, you just have no idea the extent to which you fear and that had you any idea. And I've talked to people 
who are almost always wired up to feel the pain and suffering of others, you know, who are so empathic. And and it's, you know, for some people, it's just crushing. It's, it's, it's by grace that we're, that we're not aware of it, that we're having some peace in this life, but it's, it's also not by running from it and wanting to live peaceful lives, which is great. I'm not saying, you know, being peaceful isn't, isn't a wonderful thing. It's very helpful inevitably, but it's also helpful for us to recognize just how dissociated we are and to accept that and go, wow, I don't really know. I really don't know what I am. I don't know why I'm afraid of what I'm, what I'm afraid of. I, I, you know, I don't know what my life is about. I don't know what happens when, when I pass from, from this realm. Jeff, all of this was for me answered by reading course and saying, it's because you're afraid of that, which would set you free. And until your mind can rest in peace, you can't let it in. And I began to realize within myself, within people who were taking the training within clients that I was providing care to that, People's minds were healing. They no longer wanted to chase after the self-improvement bandwagon, which would purportedly lead me to this great gestalt that spiritual practice never led me to, that philosophy never led me to, that I know I'll get it through you know, by saying never again, never again will I drop my standards. And I realized things like this were just, were just crazy-making because my mind was at peace and Suddenly, instead of saying, I've got to chase after all these externals or, or do this spiritual practice just right in just the exacting way for you know, the, the next however many years, I could just relax. And so, again, long-windedly, I realized when I do this, which is to not do what Stephen Teagarden knows how to do, but to allow something else into mind, mind became much, much more peaceful. So it, it was, the proof was in the pudding, and I'm sorry if that was a little long-winded, but it's, it's, it's an important point. So repeating it back, I'm hearing that when I do remember what I truly am, and I do not fight that, that, that fear that you talked about earlier of punishment fear of God and fear of not knowing is replaced with a peace that is always there available to me if I were just to experience it, to look at it? It, it is. It, it is always there available to us. And what I find, since we're talking about armoring and we're getting into some pretty deep stuff here, nonetheless, Armoring is this this concept of I'm not at peace in my mind and or my body. And that when the mind begins to heal, which is a very specific thing to course, which again is like emergence care. It's not better or worse. It's very, very different. When the mind begins to heal, it may for a while be anything but peaceful. For instance, a person who has a very hard time expressing anger who's more of a peacemaker in this world, um, which is a a beautiful thing, may for a while undergo a period in which they're anything but peaceful because their peace has been reactionary and not authentic, and in some ways they've been a doormat in this world. 
And they may go through a period of, of actually being reactionary, being angry, and then going, and, and then it's just, that's just part and parcel of the mind's healing. And that eventually then would, 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 set, would settle, again, becoming peaceful, but in a much more authentic way. What I found is a lot of people who are chronically frustrated, chronically angry. If a person is chronically frustrated and chronically angry, and that doesn't change, they're chronically not healing. Hmm. So when the mind heals, inevitably, it's going to come to a place that's more peaceful. It's not going to be externally focused quite as much. The mind can help but be externally focused. That's what consciousness is, is that which keeps us focused, subject focused uh, on object. And it doesn't mean that subject-object interaction will cease, but what we experience through projection and perception will become more more peaceful. So inevitably, it does it does lead in that direction. I want to also add to that that because in our world we have been determined to make armoring in insofar as body work is concerned body work, counseling, even again, more of a pure psychotherapy, about getting rid of that which I no longer want to experience, whether it's anxiety, some kind of psychological experience or a body experience, that just because a person's mind is healing doesn't mean that they won't still be anxious from time to time. It doesn't mean that they won't still develop terminal illness, that kind of thing still happen. It armoring and karma are very different things. Bodies come, bodies go. It's it's not that it's going to lead us to a utopian experience of life in which the body lives forever and I'm always in a peaceful state. A cursory glance at the world is enough to tell us. It's never been that way. It's certainly not that way now, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Again, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother deal there, but it's can I, in spite of myself, in spite of my circumstances, can I just be more accepting of what is and not trying to, not try to force things to succumb to my personal will so that I can be happy. The mind healing is going to say, thy will, thy will be done. It, I don't under, have to understand this, but it's easier when I just let it go without dictating the terms to it. Well, on that note, Stephen, I uh, think that's a great place to end our discussion on armoring. Is there any one uh, last thoughts you'd like to uh, say before we conclude? That if you're still watching this, you're a, you're a saint and... Uh, <laughs> I know this is a lot of information, um, but I, I assure you that healing is something far, far deeper than anything that any of us can understand. It has nothing to do with the armoring going away. That's a reflection of armoring dissipating. Ultimately, healing is letting go of everything that thwarts our our awareness of what we are. Thank you, Stephen. We can learn more information at uh, emergencecare.com. Uh, please take a look at all our other YouTube videos on the Emergence Care YouTube channel.